and welcome to One Star Bazaar, where we review the movies critics hated in search of the unfairly underrated. This week, we head back to our youth and rewatch the trilogy that launched several successful Hollywood careers and won the hearts of a generation despite the terrible critical reception. Let's take a quack! Ha <laughs> uh, ha! The Mighty Ducks Triple Deep. I'm sorry, pause for a second. Whose magical, wonderful careers did these movies launch? Joshua Jackson. Okay. Keenan Thompson. Okay, so basically some TV stars. Okay, I mean, oh, that's, fair. that's fair. Anyway, whatever. Yes, notable people, They're you're right. They're still active are a few today. I'm just I thinking, like there's, that's impressive. there's a lot of those guys, and we'll probably get into this later, who were in a lot of 90s, like, young it's, it's adult true. movies. They recycled and, a lot of them. You know, none of them, well, a lot of them are not super famous today. But that's true. Anyway. So, the synopsis for the trilogy is The Mighty Ducks is a series of three live-action films released in the 90s by Walt Disney Pictures. The movies revolve around a Twin Cities hockey team composed of young players that stick together throughout various challenges. The first Mighty Ducks, just titled The Mighty Ducks, was directed by Stephen Herrick, written by Stephen Brill. The second, called D2 The Mighty Ducks, was directed by Sam Weissman, also written by Stephen Brill. He wrote all three, spoiler alert. And D3, The Mighty Ducks, was directed by Robert Lieberman, written by Stephen Brill and Jim Bernstein. I believe Stephen Brill also directed the iconic movie from my youth, Heavyweights, which was co-written, interestingly enough, by him and Judd Apatow. Oh. So, and starring many of the same young adults. (laughs) True. Okay, the primary stars of the trilogy are Emilio Estevez and Joshua Jackson. The movies were released in 1992, 1994, and 1996. They sit at 23%, 20%, and 20% on Rotten Tomatoes, respectively, and all hover at 89% for Google users. USA Today said of the original, perhaps there's a legion of 10 and unders who don't know the bad news bears from the care bears. If so... They're the likeliest candidates to sit through this junior high slap shot, a peewee hockey riff on the sports underdogs make good scenario. For the sequel, Lois Altermark of Entertainment Weekly said the sequel is even more banal than the original, and it's difficult to take seriously the new film's position against the commercialism of sports given Disney's NHL ties. And for the final installment, Roger Ebert said, D3 The Mighty Ducks is the first movie title I've seen that correctly predicts its grade on Entertainment (laughs) Weekly's movie report card, a D. (laughs) That was so good. I'm so excited to show you that one. Okay. So we watched all three of these movies over the course of the last couple weeks. And I, I do kind of want to look at them as a whole because we are in the rare circumstance where... The entire trilogy is one star. Like, all of it. Like, they made one, and it wasn't that great, and they made another one, and it wasn't that great, and then they made another one! And it was by far the worst one so far. I suppose, yes, okay. In Um, watching them, the third one is definitely the worst one. Also, interestingly enough, not only do we have a trilogy where all three movies are one star, but, in fact, all three movies were pretty successful. Yeah, they they made money. (laughs) And known. You yeah. know, like, it wasn't... So there's plenty of series where there's, like, a not very good movie, 
Then they make maybe make a sequel, but then you, there's like four more, but they're all direct to video, direct to streaming type stuff. Yeah. Like Universal Soldier. When we watched that, yeah, we were surprised. We were like, there's a bunch of these that I've never knew about. So surprised at how many sequels there were. So in this case, they all were released in theaters. Mm-hmm. They all had. I mean, you didn't have the the random direct to DVD version where it's like all new cast either. Like yeah. it was the same. More or less actors, you know, they a few dropped off here and there. Like um, Jesse Smollett. Yeah. <laughs> he was in the first one, not in the rest. Yeah. But, so I do want to start with the actors, because obviously, like we mentioned, there are most of the same actors throughout the three movies. Yes. So the first one, it's the primary cast. They drop a few in the second one and add a few more. Right. But then those few more that they add stick around for the next one. And even some of the villains from the second one Gosh. become the <laughs> villains in the third one. But one of the things we not found intentionally, ourselves... by the yeah. way, that's like, why is this guy playing two different characters in two different sequels? Yeah. Of Which brought up the question for us about whether they cast these kids based on their acting ability or if they were like, "Hey, can you skate? Like, come be in this movie." Or I know, no, they do have, like, training camps for things where they'll just be like, all right, you got, like, four weeks to learn how to skate and do all this stuff. But for the most part, it seemed like they didn't rely on a lot of those shots where you can obviously tell it's a stunt person. Like, it looked like they were doing most of their own skating. Right. Well, it is interesting to point out the fact that a lot of these actors are in a lot of the, like, young, you know, 12-year-old scenario kind of coming of age sports films or not even sports films of that era mm-hmm. so the guy who plays Goldberg was in heavyweights the other guy that was in the first one and not any of the other ones he was in heavyweights you had um the guy couple of these guys were in the sandlot yeah so one of them, a couple of them were in casper as like right. supporting characters so obviously at the time these probably were the next generation of actors that were kind of you know the child actors that and it's like sports, even. You kind of hope, hey, let's have a bunch of child actors and let's see, maybe a few of them will, you know, kind of go pro mm-hmm. as they grow up. Um, and that certainly happened, as we've discussed. You have, you know, Keenan Thompson and you have Joshua Jackson. Um, I feel like Marguerite Moreau was, like, bigger in the, like, early 2000s. Right, yeah, I mean, I look at her and I'm like, I know but I've never seen any of the movies that she's really in. Well, but Queen I of the Damned her. is on our list, so okay. get ready. <laughs> so, But for casting a whole bunch of kids, I feel like none of them were overly terrible. No, I don't really think um, the problem is with the acting when it comes to the ridiculousness and kind of childishness of these films. I mean, they're all, they're kids. They're, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. They, they kind of act like that. I don't know. So, in terms of the story, I think one of those critics definitely had it right when, you know, it's it's a tried and true story of, like, the underdog team gets a new coach and somehow turns things around. But this movie takes it, okay, this trilogy mm-hmm. takes that to a whole new level. And I think, as we get in, before we get into the story, one of the things I'd like to point out is, honestly, the cultural relevance of this trilogy cannot be understated. Right. Because today, in 2019, you now have a bunch of late 20s and 30-somethings millennials who grew up watching movies like this, 
like us, who now have the jobs working in journalism, working in sports, working in entertainment. And these movies literally were some of the things that shaped them. And I mean, you can, because of the age of the internet and, you know, clickbait and blogs and all kinds of stuff, you know, you need constant, like the 24 hour news cycle. There's, they talk about stuff like this on websites. Currently, you can find where they're like, oh, what is the cultural significance of the Mighty Ducks? Yeah, like, there is also Gordon a Bombay. Mighty Ducks podcast. Oh my gosh. I don't know what, I remember what it was called, but I came across it in my research. Also, I mean, obviously Disney, I feel like when they make anything, they always have to think about the marketing. They always have to think about the merchandising. They always have to think about, you know, how else they can profit off of this. And they're also bringing it to a new generation because apparently there's also supposed to be a TV show based on these movies oh on the new Disney Plus network. Okay, so here's the question I had when we were in the middle of the sequel. Yes. Basically, did Disney make this trilogy because they were trying to introduce hockey to a new generation to of Americans? mainstream Basically, America. yes. Mainstreamify hockey. Yeah. And obviously we've had the NHL for, you know, a century or whatever. And hockey is really big in certain parts of the country where it's like cold. Minnesota. Where it's closer to Canada. <laughs> yeah, Minnesota, New England, the Great Lakes region, places where there's mountains and it's very cold and whatnot for half the year. Hockey's big there. Yeah. Other places, California where everyone lives, <laughs> you know, not everyone, but obviously where a significant chunk of the population lives, Texas, Florida, hockey's probably not, you know, that big of a deal. Although, according to this movie, there's a bunch of street hoodlums out in in the, <laughs> you know, in the streets of of Los Angeles playing, like, street hockey or whatever with rollerblades. Which yeah. Like, really? Wouldn't these kids be playing basketball? Also. Not hockey? Can we not understate the cultural significance of rollerblading in the 90s. No, that was... Like, rollerblades were the hoverboards of oh, yeah. <laughs> the I remember 90s. Like, everyone rollerbladed. When I was, like, seven or eight, getting a pair of rollerblades for Christmas and being super excited. Yeah, everyone was way into rollerblades. So I actually looked it up because I was curious while we were watching this, and there was a scene where they were all out, like, playing street rollerball, rollerblade hockey, yeah, whatever. Yeah, just roller hockey. Roller hockey, Okay. So I was like, I when, played when, it as a youth. when were rollerblades invented? So I looked it up. No, they were invented in like the 1700s. Right. In France or something. <laughs> but they really didn't become popularized in America until like 1980. Yeah. I mean, there's a company that basically started prototyping them in the 60s and 70s, but they really hit that mainstream thing in the 80s. So yeah, I think mm -hmm. it is this, that just was the period. And so maybe that was part of what made it. I don't know. Even today, how popular hockey is, where you know, compared to before these movies, maybe. But I mean, I definitely thought it was cool when I was a kid, and I don't really like hockey today. Yeah, Not anti hockey, but um, but I've had friends that you know my age in college who were really into it. Yeah, no, I definitely became more interested in hockey after these movies came out for sure. Um, so we. Do need to talk about the story. So the story for these movies, the first one, it's just they're the underdog team. They're trying to beat the undefeatable team. And it is very Bad News Bears-ish. Yes. And in the second one, they are now, they are taking this already lightly successful team 
and turning them into Team USA for the Goodwill Games. So that's why they get some new players from around the country, but still, most of them are these random <laughs> kids from Minnesota. Yes. <laughs> and then the third one, afterwards they go back, and now they're in high school. Yes. And it's very <laughs> subdued compared to the first... Yes, the, now they the are the, the junior varsity hockey team at this elite prep school, and they want to fight the varsity okay. team for the rights of changing the name of the mascot to the Ducks. Was that even really the thing that happened? But that wasn't no. like, oh, if we win, we change the mascot. Yeah. Okay, so let's step back here for okay. a second. So the first one. Yes. The story makes sense, right? It does. It is very much the Bad News Bears kind of team of misfits. Also, ragtag. we need to talk about how this movie starts because Emilio Estevez's character gets a DUI right. and is forced to do community service to coach this hockey team. Right. What children's movie begins with the primary character getting a DUI? Like, Disney, you're supposed to be wholesome. What are you doing? Hey, they're just showing children. This is the era of the war on drugs. You get there punished are consequences for drinking. for drinking and doing drugs. Okay. Especially, you know, don't teach the children that these things are okay, even though yeah. when they're adults, no one will care. Yes, so then he comes to their team and uh, turns things around for them. Sure. But at the same time, they literally, like, fall backwards into the scenario where they're able to win the state, like, Little League, whatever, Wee championship, right? Yeah. One team got sick and forfeited, and then another team, like, was even more terrible, and basically they're like, oh, most of the teams except the really bad ones make the playoffs, and at that point it's a clean slate. Yeah. Which, what? <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. You know, whatever. So they win, you know, Emilio Esposito's character, the coach, Gordon Bombay, you know, has to choose between his newfound loyalty to these kids and his team or his, you know, ritzy life as a lawyer. And because his boss is like, oh, you know, how dare you defy me? And, you know, we're this is how things are going to run. You know, I want you to learn service, but that was really just BS. And you're still going to do, you know, what our kind of lobbying friends, you know, rich friends, hobnobbing, want us to do, right? Mm -hmm. And so he chooses the kids, and then they beat, you know, they defeat his demons from, because he was on the evil rich kid, you know, elitist team, and he let the coach down, and that was like the one year out of like 50 that they didn't win the championship. Yes. Okay, so very vanilla sports underdog misfits kind of formula, right? Right. And it works. So before we move on to the second one, let's ask this question. Is this first movie really like a one star or like what makes it so bad? Do you think? I don't think it's a one star movie. I think it's very on par with a lot of movies that came out around that time in terms of the quality of the acting, the quality of the filmmaking in general. Like it's mm -hmm. just, it was, I feel like it was a very It's just a Disney time. movie, right? Yeah. It's and just Compared to, to some of the Disney movies that they were, like, slamming out at the time, like, I don't remember if you know the other rollerblading movie called, like, Brink or something, or, like, no. uh, anyway, there were some other bad movies that they put out around the time, and I feel like this one had a little bit more heart and was a little bit more, like, feel-good than that, and was kind of more entertaining because there were so many characters 
that you could find someone in one of them that you could identify with. Okay. And I think it appealed to a lot of kids If you're that a kid. Way. Yeah. That's the caveat right there. Right. This movie is a good movie for kids. Because we loved it when the we were kids. The same hook problem that yes. we had. As adults, I'm like, this movie's not good. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. It's not like Ninja Turtles bad. Yeah. Like, I watched the original Ninja Turtles movies in college with my friend. Because we were like, oh yeah, we loved those when we were kids. And they are so bad. Like when I made you watch The Goonies and you were like, this is terrible. Why did you love this as a child? But that's different because I can kind of understand it. It's just <laughs> not for me. Like, Ninja Turtles is so bad. Yeah. This... Not uh, not like that, but it is very much so, very much, I think it does appeal, the kind of the humor, the way the kids react, it appeals to other kids. None of them get to the point where they're like super annoying, like prodigy kids, mm -hmm. like Jurassic Park. Yeah. They're just normal kids. And so if you're young, you're like, oh yeah, you know, okay, I could see my friends acting like that. Oh yeah, that's funny. That's a funny prank, you know. One of the things I will say though is... I think even though it's geared towards children, I think that as an adult watching it, you're not going to be bored out of your mind, like in some movies that are specifically targeted towards kids. Like when our kids put on Princess Sophia, even though it's a TV show, or the Tinkerbell and the whatever that's going on. Granted, those are animated movies, but like, I want to turn my brain off and just like zone out for two hours rather than watch that. Um, this might be because I've seen Mighty Ducks like 20 times already from growing up with it, but I'd rather watch Princess Sophia really? than watch <laughs> these movies again. Okay. Yeah. At least those, they're mostly new and I've only kind of half paid attention. And so here's the thing. Princess Sophia is the once upon a time it's for true. kids. It is. It really okay? is. Like Disney actually had a pretty good idea with it the same way that they did with the TV show Once Upon a Time. Yeah. And I won't go more into it, but... It's actually a pretty decent show. So, okay. So the first movie, the it's just, it's kind of for kids. I think the other problem, main problem with it, and this extends to all the movies, is that it's not very realistic for representing hockey. And unfortunately, for most people, if you say, hey, name like the most famous like hockey movie that you like, they're going to say one, like the Mighty Ducks. You know what I mean? There's only yeah. like there's I mean, only there's only so many hockey, hockey movies. Films. You know, obviously Miracle was right good, and then there was that one that's like Mystery Alaska or something, right. which there's... I believe weren't those all Disney movies? Probably, yeah. Miracle was it was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're um, all Disney. Well, again, movies. <laughs> I swear, I think Disney because they owned the Anaheim Ducks. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure that they were. It, this was a bunch of marketing stunts. They were like, hey, it's like cross. What do they call it? Like, vertical integration. Yeah. You know? So, the problem is, this movie, there's, like, a lot of illegal stuff. It's like the <laughs> Fumble Rooski in Little Giants. Like, you know, the, the main kind of thing, and I'm talking here about the Flying V, specifically. The I, main... I loved Little okay, Giants. Okay, Little Giants, right. And that's the same formula, right? Because yeah. that's just Bad News Bears with football instead of baseball. Yeah. So, the Fumble Rooski... By actual, like, NFL and college rules and standards is illegal, right? Uh -huh. Like, they made it illegal. And so they use it in the game. It's, like, the way that they win yeah. or whatever. But it wouldn't fly. And so people are like, oh, yeah, like, that's... And they're like, no, that's not how it works. The flying V is the same way. It's most likely an illegal move. Also, in Bring It On, a lot of the cheerleading moves they do are illegal for high school competition as well. Yeah. 
Because yeah. it's Hollywood, right? They make it look fancier than it should be. Okay, so... I think we can determine that The Mighty Ducks is an okay movie. Yeah. Right? Like, it probably doesn't deserve... The fact that you told me the Rotten Tomatoes were 23, 20, and 20 is surprising to me. Because mm-hmm. I would put it more at, like, 50, 30, 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the second one is probably the most ridiculous one. Yes. Because they literally say, hey, we need a team to be Team USA for the Junior Goodwill Games, which is basically like the Junior Olympics, Mm -hmm. except... So, for anyone who's not aware, basically the Goodwill Games was Ted Turner trying to create... A carbon copy of the Olympics because the Olympics were being affected so by so much like political turmoil during the Cold War. So uh, we boycotted the Moscow Olympics, then a bunch of the Soviet countries boycotted the Los Angeles Olympics four years later. And so the whole like, oh, the Olympics are supposed to be about, you know, peace and, you know, friendly competition to bring the world together was kind of like, oh, that doesn't make that that's not happening because all these countries still hate each other and we're like, we're not going. You know, if, you, if he's there, I'm not going, you know? Right. So this was their attempt to kind of create another thing. The problem is I think it really ended up being like, you know, when you have a league like the NFL and then a bunch of rich guys come together and say, we're going to make the USFL. And then that just folds after like two years, which happened this year, right? That's they true. try to make the, what was it? Like the... It doesn't matter. Whatever. <laughs> some They try to make some other football league and it like cratered within a few months and they ran out of money. So... The Goodwill Games went away. They don't exist anymore. I just assumed it was made up for the movie, so you taught me something. The Junior Goodwill Games was made up for this movie. Okay. There was only the Goodwill Games. So, why would they pick this team to be Team USA? Considering they won whatever divisional championship in this tiny spot in Minnesota. They basically basically were were like the the Minnesota State, you know, peewee champs, let's say. Yeah. Okay, so Pee Wee is for like what, eleven year olds? I mean, they're all like eleven in the first movie, right? Yeah, it's ten it's to not, twelve it's not somewhere clear. there. They're not. I mean, they're not in high school yet, obviously, because in the third one, they they're freshmen. High school, <laughs> right? So they're like fifteen, maybe in the third one. Yeah. So yeah, they're like eleven. Okay, so I read a blog, kind of, or an article somewhere, um, where the guy is basically like. Do you know what actual NHL players lived in Minnesota when this was going, like, were that age? They're like, yeah, this guy and this guy. If they had done any competent scouting in their <laughs> own backyard, they could have been like, hey, this guy's really good. Yeah, that's right. He ended up playing for, you know, the Nashville Predators or something like 10 years <laughs> later. So that's ridiculous that they're like oh yeah here that's fine take 80 percent of your team and just add like these five people to it the people that they add don't play hockey (laughs) so they add like a figure no is it the first one they do the figure skater they did that okay the second one so the second one there's like a male figure skater who's like a junior olympian or something there's uh no they were just like i don't think they were Olympians or whatever in the first one. They were just... That no, was their in thing. the second one, no, yeah, they the second say one, yeah. he was like right. an Olympian yeah, or Asian something. Kid. He's yeah, he's an Olympian. Right. You're right. And then, so, like, the people who are good at, like, one aspect of hockey, but not any other parts of it. Except for the girl who's the best goalie, like, around, 
and then they refuse to play her as goalie until the final play yes, of the even game. Even though of she's the last game. way better than Goldberg. <laughs> Just blatant sexism, I think. I think so right. too. Must be. Um. Okay. So also the movie that taught everybody that Greenland is covered in ice that is, and Iceland is very nice. That is the one quote I remember from that movie. <laughs> Honestly, like 20 years later, 24, five years later, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that from that movie. Yes. And also, does he ever actually date that chick again? No. No. They, they like, go, they like, go they, there's a cause of this huge fallout with the team because Gordon Bombay goes to get ice cream with the Iceland, like, a trainer or something. Right. And the team, like, implodes because of it, and he never sees her again. Right. <laughs> then you, the only times you see her for the rest of the movie are when she's just, like, sitting on the bench next to the evil Iceland yes, coach. being menacing. Okay. So, another problem I have with this movie is... Iceland is the big, bad, you know, scary. They're all six feet taller than the kids. You know, they're all yeah. huge, like, men. And they're the evil, you know, dominant team. What's interesting is that Iceland didn't even, like, have this type of a team in whatever the real-life version of this would be uh-huh. for, like, Six years after this, and then when they did, they were like the last place team. Here, here's my theory on this, which I just came up with right now. Okay. So, in the 80s and 90s, the Russians were always the bad guys. Right. So I feel like maybe in this one, they were like, no. let's do something a little different. You're actually not far off, because <laughs> the, the article I had read kind of surmised that that was the case. And because these movies came out after the Cold War ended and the Soviet Union fell and dissolved into all the various countries, mm-hmm. that basically maybe Disney was deciding, hey, let's not try to roil up tensions more. Let's not make them be the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Let's choose somebody else. But here's... Okay. Why Iceland? I guess just because nobody lives there and nobody will get offended and Everyone like, assumes care. it's cold and they have a lot of ice. Right. You mean, why not, like, Norway or Sweden I'm or saying, something? why not some of the countries that are actually known to be really, really like good Canada? at hockey? Yes! <laughs> I have a huge problem with the fact that, so they beat Trinidad and Tobago. Then they beat Italy, which, okay, I don't know what Italy's hockey team looks like on the national, or you know, international stage. That's fine. Then, we see those games, and then it's just, like, newspaper article, oh, Team USA beats Canada and moves on to the final against Iceland. Here's like, why. Oh, so because it's just a footnote? in movies, slash potentially reality, <laughs> uh-huh. Canadians are stereotypically very nice. So having them be the villains doesn't mesh well with American ideologies. But Canadians are also stereotypically very good at hockey <laughs> and other winter sports. Yeah, but they're not like, going to be, like, menacingly folding their arms and glaring and doing, like, dirty moves. So why not the Swedes? Because the Swedes are really good at hockey, too. Yeah, that's... Okay, it could okay. have been Sweden. Anyway, the point is, it's kind of ridiculous. They're like, yeah, Iceland, sure, why not? Even though Iceland is not really notable for being good at hockey. But it's fine. Any other specific problems <laughs> with D2 and the Mighty Ducks? 
for you. Well, okay, then they change their uniforms in the middle of the game. They do. There's just a lot of weird, like, There's a, hokey... And one, one of the fun parts about this movie, too, is how much storytelling is done in exposition. Right. So in the first movie... Gordon Bombay and Charlie, who's played by um, Joshua, Jackson. Joshua Jackson, his mom are like pseudo dating. And then in the second movie, there's like a quick like one line about, oh, ever since his mom got remarried. So like, okay, now we know they're not dating anymore and she married somebody else. But but then when we get to the third movie, <laughs> yeah, no, she's, she's like single, yeah, well, no, a she's, single mom. Right, she's back, to the, she's back to the stereotypical struggling working class single mom. That she wasn't the first one. Yeah, and so it's like, what happened to your husband that apparently you were married to for like a year? Yeah. So he ran off with all of her non-existent money. On to the third movie. <laughs> One sec. The point okay. is, okay, so the second movie, let's wrap it up here. Okay. The second movie is not as good. It doesn't fall. It tries to follow the same formula of, yeah. oh, we're the ragtag bunch of nobodies who nobody believed in whatever. But that doesn't work. I mean, now they're not ragtag and misfits because they're unproven. Now it's just because they need to get out of their own way. And it's like, oh, no, we know what's inside of you. Yeah. We know you're just a screw-up, which is a perfectly fine formula for a movie. But why not develop that more so? Yeah. Okay. This The second one just has a lot of ridiculousness. Too much, I think. It goes even more extreme with the, you know, this would never be how sports leagues or sports events would work in the real world you know they wouldn't be allowed to do some of these things i mean they literally recruit keenan thompson off the street in los angeles two-thirds of the way through the movie <laughs> it's like the oh yeah he's hurt we need someone else hey how about that guy up in the stands basically <laughs> really i mean i like i get that that's kind of an underdog thing i mean that's literally the entire uh what's that mark Wahlberg movie where he plays for the eagles you know, oh. like they have open tryouts and he yeah. like walks what on. What is that movie? In Invincible? Is that it? Or Isn't no? That the, that's the rugby one. No, that's Invictus. Oh, Invictus. Yeah, I think it's Invincible. Okay. But he doesn't walk in in the middle of the game. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like Rudy doesn't magically show up at, like during the final, you know, the Rose Bowl or whatever and be like, oh, I can take us to victory. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So the second one, I think we can agree, is not as good, right? Not as good as the first. But better than the third. Oh, yeah. So moving on to the third one, then. So after they have been victorious in the Junior Goodwill Games, Gordon Bombay finagles it to get them scholarships at his old alma mater, whatever ridiculous prep school right. in Minnesota, we assume, right. we think. Well, it's got to be because yeah. all of the Minnesota kids, like Charlie, still lives at home with his mom. Yeah. I... But the rest live in dorms. I assume they live in dorms. Yeah. And it's kind of weird. I guess it must be a boarding school. Because you're like, really? That guy lives in... That guy's from Los Angeles. No, he's... <laughs> he's still... That guy's from Texas. Yeah. She's from Maine. They're still on the team and moving, you know, just to Minnesota. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, full moving to Minnesota. I mean, I get it. They didn't really... I feel like for as much as you said the exposition just kind of gets thrown out there and like, uh, you know, off the cuff one-liners like, oh yeah, you know, ever since this happened, you know, oh, interesting, you know, for as much as that happens, they couldn't have had a couple of liners about how important it was and how amazing this yeah. school was. If so, I missed it. Cause you know, the, oh, you know, screw this school. It's like, no, my dad will kill me. Do you realize that, you know, this is the best way for me to attend whatever prestigious university is to, you know, stay yeah. here and 
buckle down and keep my scholarship. So the third movie, I'm going to compare this to, it has the feel of the first couple chapters of Harry Potter number five. That's okay? very specific. So Harry Potter in the, the fifth book is mopey and moody emo. and ob emo and obnoxious. He thinks no everyone like doesn't trust in him and doesn't believe in him right. to handle things and he's just angsty and annoying. So every time I reread those books, I skip that those parts and wait till he gets to school. Okay. So <laughs> in this movie, it's kind of the same thing. Charlie is like He's used to being the big fish in the little pond, and now he's the little fish in the big pond, and everything he knows is, like, being questioned. Except how little is the pond? He was literally <laughs> on Team USA, which won the, like, world championship but hockey now he's, event. But like, he's not the captain anymore. Like, right. he keeps making mistakes. Like, the new coach doesn't trust in him. Like, he's just very upset with the situation and doesn't want to be at the school because it's too different from him being right the they, top won't, they won't let them be the ducks anymore yeah. and which yeah like i'm sorry he is kind of just like a, a douche i mean he yeah. just needs to grow up i yeah. mean the coach is not wrong with the way he's handling him yeah you know? i don't like the fact that the coach is like such a hard ass and then by the end is kind of like oh you've proven yourselves to me i'll magically warm up to you and be nice and happy and let you guys you know kind of yeah. <laughs> go back to being what you like that was a weird and out of character unless that was i mean i guess the point was they were like oh no he wasn't so bad all along he was just putting on a front to you know he was trying to bring into, out our yeah, potential exactly yeah make us live up to our fullest potential that's it so this movie's ridiculous because basically the villains are the people who go to their own school. The varsity hockey team at the school. And it's very much a class commentary. You know, the, you have these rich prep school guys, very elitist, you know, saying, hey, you guys are white trash. You don't belong here. You know, you're bringing our school down. Which brings which brings the um, the Kenan Thompson joke. Who are you calling white? <laughs> yeah, like, it's like white trash. There's no other people of color <laughs> in the school. <laughs> So, here's the thing. If this had not been a Mighty Ducks movie, I think this could have been a good movie. Yeah, so this movie, it's not a hockey movie. We were talking about this while we were watching it. It just has one of those, like, typical coming-of-age high school, like, bullies right. versus jock bullies versus misfits. But they're also <laughs> versus the younger jocks. And the yeah. funny thing is, so like, even the coach of the varsity team is a dick to them. Yeah. He's like, yeah, they don't belong here, whatever, screw them. It's like, dude, they're gonna be your players in like two years when all these <laughs> guys graduate. Yeah. This isn't the pros where you and expect to have these guys on your team for all 10 All of the years. guys played by 30-year-olds who no are kidding. supposed to be 18-year-old high school students. Like, one of the guys on the varsity team is on The Walking Dead. Like, that's how I recognize him. I'm like, I've seen him before. He's on TV. Yeah, he's on The Walking Dead. I don't watch that show, so I don't know what he is, but he's kind of the big guy with, like, reddish hair and a beard. He was 30 when they filmed this movie. Like, <laughs> he's 54 now. <laughs> okay. So, and, again, the varsity, one of the guys on the varsity team was played by the same actor who played the star Iceland hockey player <laughs> in the second one. It's like, we're just not supposed to notice that that's the same guy and that he has different names and he's a different <laughs> person. 
It's like, maybe, ooh, ooh, conspiracy theory. Maybe he was so shamed by being the reason they lost the game in he the, in the Google game. He had to flee for his life and change his name. <laughs> and move <laughs> like, to Minnesota because he got a crush on Julie while they were fighting. <laughs> That's right. So the movie that this, this one actually makes me kind of compare to is School Ties. Have you seen that? With Brendan Fraser? Yes. Uh-huh. Which I think came and... out around the same time. I don't know. Some other young guy. That's the one where he he's like the the Jewish kid who has to hide that he's Jewish yes. to be popular. So it's like in the 50s or 60s, and he's like a star quarterback who gets recruited by the the like Catholic prep school that's, you know, the, the mm-hmm. elite, whatever, you know, rich kid school. And so he's going to be their quarterback, and he's going to be, you know, help them to, you know, return to their former glory. Right. And... Everything's fine, and then they other kids find out he's Jewish, and they're all anti-Semitic, and so they hate him, and he's basically like, screw you guys, I don't care, I'm, you know, you're using me to win football games, and I'm using you to get into Harvard, so suck it. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what this makes me think of, because it is, it is very much that elitist class looking down on these kids who, you know, oh, you don't belong here, you're on scholarship, yeah. you know, you're not, you don't, you're not one of us. Having never been in that situation, I'm curious how much that really happens. I'm sure it does happen, but like, you know, it definitely know. does in like every in Hollywood. Hollywood movie no, that's the ever, thing. So. This is the problem. If I hadn't tanked my prep school interview, I could have told you, but there you go. I did. So <laughs> Hollywood does not understand modern like teenage dynamics, and I think they still think we're in the '50s where there's a bunch of jocks and a bunch of nerds, and they whatever. And it's like, no, dude, half the people on the football team are probably super excited about the next Marvel movie coming out. You know, they're just as nerdy as these other guys. Now they might not hang out with them, but I don't, I never really saw it in high school, you know, to the degree that Hollywood does. Yeah. Obviously people are jerks to each other when you're growing up. Yeah. It happens. But I had a bunch of, you know, I had one of our star basketball players in my, a bunch of my, you know, upper level classes. One of the cheerleaders, like half the cheerleader team was in the advanced, you know, like AP style classes. So, I mean, it just... Just keep keep, keep bragging about how smart you are. Just... Whatever. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. I feel like this third movie had the most potential to be the best movie. Continue. <laughs> I have questions. <laughs> okay. Because they, they really, if they had played up... That element of it, if they played it up more as the the class, you know, consciousness, I don't think it works with a whole team. I think it might have worked with, like, four students. Yeah. You know, like, as kind of this click, and, yeah, they get picked on. It doesn't work, like I say, with, with its varsity versus JV. But, hey, if it was, if it had been varsity, and then, okay, so, like, Adam Banks, right? Mm-hmm. He is one of these rich kids. Yeah. But he's been... Hanging out and playing with these guys for several years, he's one of them. Yeah. Well, he's really good. And we're, you know, he probably went on to the NHL in this fictional universe. You know, he's that mm-hmm. good. So he's been groomed. And so when he gets to the school, they're like, no, you're on the varsity team. You're really good. I think that should have been the case for all the kids. Like, they should have had like four of them. So you take him, you take Charlie, you take Fulton, and. Julie! Maybe, I guess. You Best girl. goalie ever. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Her. Okay. You take those four and you put them in the school and they're on the varsity team now. Mm-hmm. 
but the rest of the varsity team hates them. Anyway, you don't you don't belong here. And it's more of a, you know, oh, you're not the crappy freshman. It's the, oh, you guys think you're good. You know, whatever. The same, some of the same elements. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're in the big leagues now. But the fact of the matter is, these guys won the world championship. <laughs> Why would they not be on the varsity? Like, how are there a bunch of 17-year-olds that are better than them? Like, I'm sorry. If... If you took a Little League World Series, like, championship team, and they all went to the same high school, you're not, you're going to tell me that most of them wouldn't be the varsity team, even if they were, like, 15-year-old freshmen? Yeah, probably. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it that hockey is more physical and, you know, the size might matter, the same way with, like, football and basketball where you really want the height, but I guarantee you LeBron James was better when he was, like, 14 than... Anybody who went to my high school, and we were state champs one of the years that I was there, mm-hmm. he would have been on that team if he had just, you know, if he had showed up and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm a McDonald's All-American, whatever, my name is LeBron James, they'd be like, yeah, you're on the varsity team. Right? Yeah, you're probably right. So, and I feel like, take of several of those guys, it would have been the same. They were like, yeah. But instead, there has to be this, I guess it's because they needed a villain, Right. Yeah. In a villainous team, I should say, not just a villain. I I don't know why they why don't why not make the the villain be the coach, you know, or mm-hmm. something. I mean, because in the first movie, the coach is much more of a villain than the team. Yeah. In the second movie, they tried to do that. I don't think it was as successful. The coach was more antagonistic, and it's not like you had the other players really, you know, being up in their faces outside of the you know the ice. Mm-hmm. But the second one is much more just the team. Whereas the first one, it's like, no. The coach, because he had the personal connection to Gordon Bombay, you know, he was his coach. That He he felt like he had let him down, you know, because he had missed the shot when he was a kid. So I think that this movie, like I say, gone in a totally different direction. Eliminate all the dumb kid hijinks stuff, you know. Try to make it like a really serious like, socio-political themed movie. Mm-hmm. It could have been actually decent, I think. They could have done yeah. a decent job with that. Now, with who they have write and direct these films and their Disney films and they're marketed towards, you know, young adults, probably not going to happen. I mean, I don't think School Ties was really marketed towards, like, high school students. You know what I mean? It was yeah. marketed as a normal adult drama that just happened to be about people in high school. The mm-hmm. same way that, like, Dead Poet Society is not for teenagers. Mm-hmm. So, as much as this is the worst one by far, because it is the most ridiculous in some ways, just in the setup, the second one is the most ridiculous with what happens. <laughs> the third one is the most ridiculous with the scenario where you're like, really? This is okay. This team is still together and they're all going to high school together, even though they're from all over the country. So, would you say that the third is the most, you're like the most disappointed yes. in the third? Okay. Yes, exactly. I am the most disappointed in the third. It it could have been a decent movie. I don't know if it would have even been a Mighty Ducks movie at that point. Maybe. Why not? Like a spin-off. Instead of a sequel, more of like a, you know, a spin-off in the same universe with, th- with some of the same characters, sure. Yeah. But but more of a fish out of water kind of scenario with a smaller click mm-hmm. versus an us versus them, the ragtag team versus the evil yeah. dominant team. So I think they just needed to flip the script and alter the formula, go for a different, you know, just go in a different direction. And they didn't. And that is unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, they have the same writer through the three movies. So 
right. wrote what he knew. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So would you suggest that any adult who had <laughs> not seen these movies as a child watch them? That's hard. Because the fact of the matter is, we're going back to the question of these movies literally, as I said, these are very iconic sports movies. Yeah. They shaped people our age in our generation. They shaped our views of sports movies. Yeah. You know, along with several others. I mean, I still I contend. Like, are there a lot of like kids sports movies nowadays? Like aimed towards kids? Yeah. Like the way that these are? Yeah. Because like when we were kids, there were Mighty Ducks, Little Giants, um, Sandlot, The Sandlot, Big Green. Uh huh. Yeah. There's some other ones too. Oh, like Angels in the Outfield yes, and right. I, Rookie of the Year yep. and Little Big League. <laughs> like, That's right. So many movies trying to gear sports towards children. It's true. And I feel like there aren't that many of those anymore. I mean, I don't even know how many sports movies they make anymore, period. You know? That's I mean, true. They do. Like, we have, so like Creed. Mm-hmm. That's a couple movies that have come out, you know, the boxing I mean, that's still sports, you know, and it's not the lately, team dynamic. Lately, I feel like there's been more of, like, less focus on the players and more focus on, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff. So we had Moneyball, we had... Draft Day. The, the Trouble with the Curve, Draft yeah, Day. right. Like, so many more movies where you're trying to see the other side right. of it. Right, they, they want to show the characters that run the day-to-day kind of... Yeah, exactly. ...things. And, of course, those are very serious dramas, whereas all the movies you just listed off before that are yeah. about these young <laughs> team, you know, of kids... Those are all comedies. Yeah, but they're also trying to be, like, family movies. Right, Whereas, exactly. you know, something like Major League is going to be kind of the more adult sports comedy. Right. Or Basketball. Right. As the adult sports comedy. But again, those are all from the 90s. Well, the okay, so Fever Pitch, that was like 2004? So, Fever Pitch is a remake of a British movie also called Fever Pitch, starring oh. Colin Firth, and it was about... Soccer. Rugby? Fo- fo- well, yes. British football, American soccer. Yes. Yes. And then they because remade the it with Jimmy field. Fallon and right. Drew Barrymore to be about baseball. Because yes. that's more American. Well, and because the, you know, the word pitch applies to both sports. Yeah. But even then, that was 15 years ago. Yeah. It was, so, a, that's when, it was a long time ago. You know, you're right. It's interesting. I wonder if we're re- due for a resurgence of the youth young sports adult movie. sports movies. <laughs> I mean, we did have, like, so, like, The Blind Side, that was within the last decade. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's a high schooler, though. It's not a right. child. it's not children. Yeah. You're right. And it is a more serious mm-hmm. drama, too. Yeah. I mean, remember The Titans? That was 20 years ago. And that was kind of the next. I mean, that was, that kind of aged with us. It's almost interesting. So, you had these movies, and then this generation's <laughs> getting older, and they're like, oh, they're, you're in high school now. Here, have a movie about a high school football team, which I think is one of the best sports movies, in my opinion, you know, at least that I like, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to judge these movies and say whether you should watch them or not, because the fact of the matter is they are iconic sports movies. Yeah. They shaped our generation, and they're very beloved, right? Yeah. But they're not that great yeah. when you're an adult. <laughs> so they are like the Goonies. Mm-hmm. My th- so just to explain to our listeners, my theory about the Goonies is that if you see that movie when you're a kid, as my wife did, you will love it, and you have this nostalgia, and you're like, "Oh, that's I love that movie. I, I loved it when I was a kid. It's so great. It's such a good movie." If you never see it as a kid, like me, 
and you only ever see it as an adult when your wife says, oh, you never saw this movie? It's so great. Let's watch it. And you're like, why are you making me watch this garbage? (laughs) And I know that probably that will offend people, but again, it's a pretty split thing, I think, that, you know, just it doesn't appeal to adults. And so anybody who hates me for saying that it's not a good movie, my response is, yeah, well, did you watch it when you were a kid and that's why you love it? Or have you watched it as an adult and you still love it? In which case, what is wrong with you? <laughs> this is the same kind of scenario. I feel like you might grow up with these movies and be like, oh yeah, I love those. And then maybe you want to share them with your kids. And you can just get over the fact that, you know, they're kind of dumb. Because, any and if you're going to share them with your kids, I would say share them with your older kids. Not like five-year-old. Like our kids are five and two. And they're not. They don't care. They don't pay attention. <laughs> in like five years, if we have a 10 and a seven year old, I'd be like, yeah, here you go. These kids are your age, you know, yeah. they're a little bit young, you know, a little bit older than you. And they'll be old enough. They'll follow the plot. They'll be like, oh yeah, you know, hockey. Okay, cool. I don't want to totally like hate on these movies <laughs> because I did like them when I was a kid. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. Yeah, it is kind of hard sometimes to separate out the nostalgia with the the critical analysis of it and looking at it. And in viewing it from, you know, a film perspective and from an adult's perspective, yeah, I mean, they're not great movies. Sure. Are they terrible? No. No. Do they deserve to be one-star movies? They're just Disney kid movies. No. Like I'm saying, it's very on par with the types of movies that came out at the time. At the same time, though, there are good versions of those movies. Like The Sandlot. The Sandlot is, in my opinion, the best coming-of-age film. Yeah. Or at least, it is the coming-of-age kind of iconic film for our millennial generation. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, my middle school voted it the best sports movie of all time. I mean, it's... (laughs) <laughs> it's probably up there, honestly. It's a genuinely good movie. This movie is very famous and iconic. And the sad thing is that if you ask probably lay people, like, hey, what's the best hockey movie? They'd be like, uh, Mighty Ducks? I mean, honestly. Just because it's the one that most people have heard of. And the thing is, Miracle wasn't made until like 10 years later. Yeah. So if you were, like, in the year 1999 and you are like, what's the best hockey movie? They'd be like, well, there's only, like, two, dude. <laughs> the Mighty Ducks, you know? Well, back in the day, they did have... So one of the reviews mentioned Slapshot, right. which is, like, a... That's kind of, like, the major league, yeah. like, basketball kind yeah. of, you know, like, adult dumb And then dumb comedy. more recently, which is still going to be, like, 10, 15 years ago, was The, the Goon, Goon with yeah. um, Sean William Scott. And then the sequel, which came out not that long ago... Right. Goon, The Last of the Enforcers yeah, or something, right. which I did watch. I've did seen you? them both. <laughs> Are they better than Mighty Ducks? Um, I, I, I'd have to think about it. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but I, yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to say whether, I mean, like I said, I don't think these movies deserve to be one star movies. They're not great, but they're not so much worse than what Hollywood was putting out at the time. Right. And they're... You know, they've got that fun nostalgia thing for me. So I, it's too difficult, I think, for me to separate that out and I think say, no, don't watch them. I think but... it comes down to you're kind of disappointed as an adult to look back on something that was so wonderful in your childhood and realize yeah. that it's not that I'm great. I'm scared to watch Little Giants now because I loved that movie. 
and, and, and I'm so scared it's going to suck. What's interesting is some of the blog posts and articles I read and kind of, you know, looking back on how people view these movies, I mean, mm -hmm. you can probably find Reddit discussions, etc. I think there's a lot of people that are like, huh, as an adult, I realized that, like, Gordon Bombay is a dick. And yeah. I realized that, like... That, a lot of the stuff that they do, like, doesn't make any sense and would not fly. Yeah. But when you're a kid, who cares? You know? You yeah. don't know. But as an adult, you're like, wait, no, that's messed up. Like, why did <laughs> I think that was okay? So, I mean, like, he abandoned them, right? Yeah. A couple times. A like, few in the times. first movie they keep and the second movie and whatever. And... He, Emilio Estevez is in the third movie for maybe a cumulative five minutes. Like, he's not right. there for very long. He actually has a decent... Like, he doesn't do anything bad. Like, yeah. He, he's kind of there for, you know, to be a good plot element or yeah. whatever. So we are torn. We don't know what to tell you about the Mighty Ducks movies, other than they don't really deserve to be one-star movies. They don't deserve to be one-star movies, but I would not agree with anybody who would make the argument that they are among the best sports movies of all time. Yeah. Which... I guarantee you there's people out there that are like, oh, yeah, no, Mighty Ducks. This is the best sports movie ever. You know, maybe only partially ironically. <laughs> I'm sure someone's out there. Please tweet us. Let us know if you think Mighty Ducks, any of them, is the greatest sports movie of all time. All right, we won't fight you, but we're just really wondering <laughs> if you We exist. just want to know if you're out there. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Do you look forward to sharing these with our children in a few years when they're old enough for them? I, you know what, we, I had them watch The Big Green not that long ago, and they really liked it. <laughs> they kept being like, I want to watch the soccer movie! Yeah. No, I, I'm, I would love to, for them to be old enough to watch The Sandlot. Yeah. And remember The Titans. There's probably a couple other, like, sports movies. A League of Their really Own. Good. Never seen that one all the way through. I've seen parts of it. Field of Dreams, that's another... Is that's for Field of Dreams a sports movie, though? Is it really? Because um, someone on Twitter was writing a paper or an article or something about that, and I was like, Field of Dreams is not a sports movie. While it focuses on sports, it's not about the players, it's yeah. not about the game itself, right. it's a story about the family. It's a story, it's a drama with the backdrop of sports yeah. in the same way... That you could have, like, a movie where it's set in World War II, but it's not a war movie. Exactly. So, yeah, you're probably right. But at the same time, it's so intertwined and so integral to the plot mm -hmm. that it's very borderline. I cannot fault somebody for putting it over the edge and saying it's a sports movie. Mm -hmm. Anyway, The Mighty Ducks. Not terrible, but not that great. <laughs> I guess that's kind of what it comes down that to. That sums it up. I think the first one, as I said, the first one is not a the first one's not a one star movie. Yeah, it's like a two two and a half star movie, maybe two star just because it's not original. Yeah, and then it's like, kind the, of a like you said, trope. it's a recycled trope of this ragtag team. The second one is worse. <laughs> it's like one and a half stars. The third one is a one star movie by far, I would say, but the third one could have been good. You could have. I'd like to see it, you know, maybe not remade, but I'd like to see somebody take that same I turd of an idea and polish it into something. So you Disney, know? if you're listening for the <laughs> new TV show, <laughs> there you go. Okay, it would be an interesting TV show. Not gonna lie. 
one final thing to add. If you do decide to watch this trilogy, do not watch it all in one slog. <laughs> it is too much. So we watched the first one like a couple weeks ago, and then we watched the second two today. <laughs> and it, it was it was a lot. It was too much. <laughs> but we watched them in the daytime with our kids because, you know, our kids were going in and out, and we knew that it was family friendly. So anyway. Unlike but don't next do week's that. pick. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to One Star Bazaar. As always, please reach out to us on social media at One Star Bazaar. Let us know what you think, what you want us to watch, how we're doing, etc. Next week, in honor of Halloween, we will be watching the film As Above, So Below, a horror thriller that I am not looking forward to seeing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So join us as Jonathan watches another kind of movie that he generally does not like. <laughs> Bye.